0: Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 88 of the Speaking Club Podcast. I've created three principles to live my life by, and I thought I'd share them with you too. I'm enough, there's enough, and fair enough, because we all need a bit of magic in our lives. Welcome to the Speaking Club Podcast, because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching, and business success. And now, your host, Sarah Archer. Hi there and welcome to the show. Now, if this sounds a little bit odd, it is because I've got my head stuck in a closet in a hotel in Turkey where I'm recording the intro and the outro for the show. I'm here, uh, I'm actually at a permanent makeup conference which is really interesting with a client and former guest actually, Vicky Martin. Um, It's been really interesting to watch some different speakers and I'm sure I've picked up something that I will be sharing with you on the show in future. But for this episode... I'm chuffed to bits that this week I have best-selling author, speaker and one of my students, Verla Fortier, on the podcast. Now, Verla is living proof that you're never too old to start something new. At 63, after a long and powerful career, she was looking forward to retiring back to her hometown in Manitoba, Canada, when a routine visit to her own GP shattered her plans. Instead of moving back to enjoy life in the country, she was confined to her bed and she felt like her life was over. That was when she had an epiphany and decided to take her future into her own hands. She's now sharing what she discovered, the medical research behind it and the results she's experienced to help other people avoid dementia, live longer and reduce the effects of chronic illness. And who doesn't want that? before I start the interview, I just wanted to let you know that the Storyled Speaking program is closing again on Friday, 18th of October. So if you want to get prepared for an upcoming talk or raise your public speaking game to start 2020 in the right way, or you're just starting out on your speaking journey and you want to build your confidence, then head over to storyledspeaking.com right now to find out more and grab your space. This isn't your typical speaking course. I've combined my knowledge of it and experience from comedy. This isn't your typical speaking course. I've combined my knowledge and experience from comedy, theater, speaking, marketing and coaching speakers for nine years into this program. And with weekly live group coaching from me, this is a no-brainer. So if you want to have more impact, see for yourself at StoryLedSpeaking.com. Okay, time for the interview. Welcome to the show, Verla Fortier. Thank you, Sarah. We're going to start by looking backwards. I want you to tell me about your life up until the point that you got ill.
1: Okay, Sarah, let me see if I can employ some of the storytelling techniques that you've (laughs) helped me with. Uh, I think that this story probably started um, when I was married with uh, two cute little boys in um, urban Ontario Um, We probably looked like the little snow globe family, just perfect. You know, you turn over the globe and everything, the nice house, and the snow comes gently down. Um, Until the day that my ex-husband walked out the door, the snow globe cracked, and uh, the water drained out, and there, my little boys were with their expectant eyes. Uh, I looked into those and knew that I needed to keep them close to their friends, in their community and in their snow globe home. So at the time I was a part of the senior management team at a large teaching hospital. And I went next door to the university and the schools of nursing and picked up a full course load as a nursing and, uh, professor of nursing there. So I had two jobs um, and they both worked together very well. And I focused on mainly on the kids and what they needed. And then very much on what uh, everybody needed at my work, so that uh you know that went well. If I had any thoughts and emotions, they were uh swept under uh, the carpet you know? <laughs> I, and uh i didn't I didn't uh pay any attention to that, I carried on, and uh you know it went well, it went very well. The kids are off now at university and actually in London. And then uh, at 63, uh, to three years ago, I was really looking forward to retiring. And I was retiring uh, until something happened that really changed the course of my my life. Um, that day started like any other day. I, I had the house up for sale. I was moving. I... Um, had my to-do list. One of them was to just get some cream from the doctor before I left town because I had a little rash on my face. So I popped in there and, uh, she was just taking forever. She kept on looking at my rashes and finding more and more and then looking into my scalp and, uh, I knew something was up. And then it was really up when, uh, she reached for my hands and said, uh, I have something to tell you, I think, that you have from um, systemic lupus. We'll do a biopsy and send you off for blood work. but. And I don't know if you know what uh, lupus is. Sarah.
0: No, no, I mean I have a little idea, but if you could share what it is, I don't, I don't think many people are, yeah. are that aware of it.
1: Yeah, I knew uh, I knew about it because I was a nurse, and uh, people with lupus, when you get them in the hospital, they're pretty well gone because they don't have an immune system. So it attacks your um, lungs, liver, kidneys, um, heart, and uh, it takes various forms, but uh, they get it really mobilizes the whole healthcare system and all the specialists into action. And so I uh, was immediately sent to a whole bunch of specialists and, um, you know, started on the medication and uh, I I really didn't know what to do. Um, And I didn't have the work to focus in on because I was too tired and sick. Uh, The kids were away, so I couldn't put my energy into them, my focus. So I just thought, okay, okay, I've been a nurse for 40 years. I should know how to be a patient, a good one. So that's what I did. I, you know, I followed the advice to stay inside or avoid the sun. They didn't say stay inside. They said avoid the sun because it could damage your DNA, oh. um, which I did do. I took all my medications and I went to more and more specialist appointments until and I just got sicker, sicker, sicker.
0: So the rug was literally pulled on away from all your plans and... Y- yes,
1: Yeah. I, I, I ended up moving home because I'd already sold my house and uh, but I just ended up staying uh, staying inside and getting sicker and sicker and more isolated until my you know my I felt like a prisoner in my own home wasn't good.
0: We've, we've known each other probably a month and a half now I guess something like that and you know I, I wouldn't have known unless you told me that you you were ill. So mm-hmm. something's changed. You're not bedridden anymore. What, what
1: <laughs> I'm feeling really good. Um, what happened was that there I was lying. A year, let's say a year after my diagnosis, I, I I'm a great reader. I couldn't read. I couldn't. I wasn't socializing. I was just in bed, as I said. And um, I just I joined every lupus support group in the world because I just wanted to read all their sad comments and their prayers to each other. And I I never commented though. I just scrolled. And then one day I found this, uh, I stopped at this one person. She looked pretty healthy, and she said, I didn't know her, and she said, uh, regarding going outside, so far so good. I put on my hat and my sunscreen, and off I go.
0: Wow. And
1: and I'm like, who's her doctor? (laughs) 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 I'm getting out of here. I didn't even care. I didn't even care if I was committing lupus suicide, and I just, I was mad at myself, mad at the world. I, I you know, I just was felt like I didn't have a life anyway, so who cared? And I uh walked outside. I was outside for a couple of minutes and I just felt lighter, more relief. I I felt like a different uh person. You know, it's uh I could feel it in my cells, my bones. Uh first I got calm and then I got this whole new kind of life force that um I think you helped me describe as a pac-man where you uh, (laughs) you lose your life and then you get a new one but that's exactly how it was exactly i was just i just popped up and uh that's you know and um, then when i came home i was uh, i stayed out there for a long time because i didn't want to come back but when i came back i had a clear head i remembered that i had these research skills and i started to research uh Forget about lupus, I researched trees, and so I took a sharp left turn into green space research.
0: Wow, and and that's kind of what you do today, isn't it? So what did you mm-hmm. find in that research?
1: Well, it was uh, how I did it, I, how I approached it um, was, you know, you see so many things on the internet, like, uh, you know, take Brombaths, Brombaths, was it called bone broth super? You yes, know, it's right. gonna. Yes, yeah, it's very. popular. <laughs> yeah. You know, all these different things, and I thought mm-hmm. I, and it, there was always a new one every day, and I just got so annoyed with that. I thought I'm just going to go straight to the peer reviewed research in the universities because I know that world and I trust their work. And so, what I did was when I was outside, I was able to see for once that I was terrified. I didn't even know I was scared, but I was, I had some specific fears for specific reasons. And one of them was getting dementia because my mom had dementia. The other one was dying too soon because my dad died of multiple sclerosis in his fifties. And the other one was my chronic disease because I couldn't uh, get a, you know, one symptom would come up and then I couldn't get, I couldn't manage it. It was just like happening all too fast. I couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of it. So that's what I researched, and I found amazing things in each one of those categories.
0: Wow tell me about what you found what what are the different ways that and it's being in in particularly around trees isn't it that you you talk about yeah
1: well the the first thing it's grass trees and shrubs urban or rural you don't have to be out in the middle of nowhere like I am Uh (laughs) to uh to get this so the first piece of really striking research that was so meant so much to me personally was when the Stanford um uh, scientists defined their terms even before they got into their research on green space they said okay there's this kind of thinking um, and they had a name for it but I call it broken record thinking uh-huh. and it's that kind of thinking where you say you know why is this happening to me why am I so different why can't I cope Why why can't I get over this what if the symptoms keep coming? Why am I the only one the family's divorced? Then how come I got sick and I'm just going to... So it goes on and on. And that's, that's the kind of thinking that I had since my divorce actually. So this was absolutely liberating for me because I was having the same kind of thinking that I had after my divorce as I was having with the chronic illness. So I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> None of these thoughts are me. It's just my brain being efficient and going off in a default way, and um, so that was that was pretty liberating there. So then, what and but the reason I believed it was because they they were tracking the blood flow to a certain part of the brain, and they were using brain scans. So they, when you have that kind of thinking, it goes to a a part of the brain that I call the heartbreak hotel. And it fills up there. It stays there, and the music gets louder and louder, you're done. So what they did was that they said, okay, we're going to take people outside, and we're going to compare two groups. One group that goes outside and looks at cement sidewalks and buildings, and the other group that looks at grass trees and shrubs. And they found that the people that looked at cement buildings, they still had their Heartbreak Hotel full of broken record thinking and the ones that went around grass, trees, and shrubs, this was in San Francisco, They uh the, the Heartbreak Hotel was completely empty. There was no blood flow there. There was no bro- broken record thinking. Wow. And this just happened automatically, you know, without <sighs> meditating or anything. It was just like going out there, and it just happened. So that, I found, was amazing. And so there's two parts to this. And the, the second part is that, Uh, these very same researchers said, okay, well, this happens, On what else happens out there? And then they were joined by the University of Chicago group, uh, Mark Berman, who's an engineer and a psychologist. And that whole group looked at, okay, well, if this happens outside, what else happens in the brain? And they found that uh, grass, trees, and shrubs being out there um increases your short and long term memory, your ability to problem solve your atten- your ability to pay attention and learn new things and that's all cognitive skills wow. and uh what this broken record thinking does is that it's it leads to a loss of cognitive skills, and that's simply because there's no it uses up all your brain space and so you have no rest in your head, in your brain. Your brain doesn't get a chance to rest or restore. And there's a scientific name for that. It's a a theory, it's a known theory in science that that that's what um, the green environment does for your brain. It allows it to rest. And so that's the connection between dementia. So if if you're opening up your bandwidth, letting your brain rest, you're really preventing dementia.
0: Cool. So not only can it help you with your mental health from a positive thought, perspective it is also giving your brain a physical break and so that it can recuperate and rejuvenate and recover from from whatever whatever's going on in in your world wow. yeah
1: precisely whenever you need it to right whenever uh, like on demand
0: so basically when i was at school and it was really hot um they used to take us outside sometimes and we loved it but actually it was probably a better environment for us to learn in <laughs> yeah found by by the four walls of the classroom uh, unfortunately though it is england so it does rain often but um, anyway <laughs> what what are the other ways that um it can help us
1: Yeah. And the other ones are not so long and involved. The other one is just living longer. Um, And that is very, very straightforward. And it's very recent research um, that was done in Canada, national large numbers. And uh, that was at University of New Brunswick, uh, Professor Krause, who's an epidemiologist, and then also in United States at Harvard by James. And They showed that if you live within a 15 minute walk of grass trees or shrubs, you just live 12% longer, period. End of story.
0: Is that partly because of emissions as well, though? Or is it just the fact that you are, you know, around nature?
1: Well, they track different ones, like the one in uh, at Harvard looked at uh, those three factors, uh, uh, noise pollution, heat, um, and but there—that's where you get less definitive. I mean, they're—they're they're just looking at outcomes mainly.
0: Yeah. yeah. And not
1: the why's.
0: And and yeah. what's the last way? There's, I mean, there's three key ways, isn't there, that it can help? And um, what's the last one?
1: Uh, chronic illness. So the uh, oh, course. Uh, with that, like like I was particularly interested in that. And I think the main still lots on this. But the main thing that I, uh, I talk about is the first thing I talk about only is uh, done at University of Glasgow. And that's just this year. Last year, it was uh, Professor Mitchell. And what he showed is that uh, the first three minutes that you're outside, no matter who you are, uh, your mood elevates and so does your self-esteem. Just bang, just like that. Wow. Uh, and, um, and even if with exercise, you know, compared to the gym, it, it doesn't, uh, you don't get that when you go to the gym. You don't get it inside. And it, it's whatever you do out there, you don't even have to be doing anything. So um, it's simply being outside. And how this ties in with uh, chronic illness is that uh, in other research that I've looked at, the um, people with chronic illness often have low self-esteem because they feel different and so and then low self-esteem correlates with um more symptom with more with higher symptom severity which means like they'd have more shortness of breath more pain the lower and then the inverse is is true like the higher your self-esteem the lower your symptoms are so it it's tied in so tightly wow. and there's many other ways but Um, it's a really great tool for those of us who are you know anybody's got uh, wants to get their mood elevated and feeling a little low in the self-esteem department
0: but it it has you exposing yourself to nature has had a massive impact on your chronic illness hasn't it what changes have you seen in in what you were experiencing before you spent time outside compared to what you you find now
1: Oh, yeah. Well, my, I was just a prisoner in my mind. I mean, the, I had those broken record thoughts going around and around and around. <laughs> now I'm completely free. I, I just I just go, oh, there's that neurological glitch. I don't care. I'm more generous with my, to myself and with others. I, I don't pre-worry about my next appointment. I think, well, you know, who knows how that's going to turn out. I don't know, you don't know. So let's just carry on. I mean, I'm just like a different Person, I would say a different person since my unhappy marriage. Like I'm, I'm on a new role here. It's just great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is you have like an immense. I mean, physically as well. Has there been changes physically? Because I, I think you do exercise mm-hmm. classes and all sorts. And obviously, you're up early this morning talking to me. And you you've written the book and everything. Is it physically different as well?
1: yeah i well i p- place a huge priority on on um you know on feeling good uh self care so i do the the fitness classes i go outside every single day often like i treat it like a smoke break but i just i'm taking air in <laughs> yeah. nice
0: <I> like that
1: <laughs> and uh yeah uh, and yes yeah, so that i i you know i still take my medication for sure uh and um you know I haven't just uh, forgotten about all that and I still get but I just don't worry about it anymore and um and I I feel that um when I I have less pain I go out I, I use uh nordic walking poles to offload my uh my joints but I have uh, you know I, I I'm feeling great
0: fantastic and mm-hmm. so so why why don't we know more about this why do you think the awareness of the power of trees and nature to heal is so low because I don't think, I mean, you don't go to the doctor and he says, well, why don't you just, let me just prescribe you uh, 10 minutes of fresh air in nature a day. You get the the pills, don't you? So what, why, why is that?
1: I wondered the same thing too. And I, I screwed up my courage and I said, you know, I'm feeling really good when I go outside and, and they would just like uh, shift their glances away from me and then start talking about exercise and diet. And, uh, and I do understand that that's what's in their uh, medical practice guidelines on lifestyle um, outside uh, going outside does not reach there yet um, so that's why we're not hearing although they do want a copy of my book now that they know that I've written it <laughs> ah. yeah they're very they're interested now because I think they see how how good I am and how i've you know even though my blood work is still the same. I, uh, I'm a different person, and it's, it's, I think it's affecting, you know, how they perceive me, too. Um, yeah, and, and I guess the other th- reasons we don't hear about it so much is that uh, it's all done in the universities, and, uh, and it, it's fantastic research. For example, that Living Longer research, they, because they're universities, they use NASA Terra satellites, so they can zoom down on each little tree around where you live, and then they'll fo- they'll follow you for 40 or 50 years where you live. Wow! And then see. Uh, and then they put all that together in national studies because they're universities, so publics, you know, they they work together. So this is like really solid uh, solid research. So, but um, they're just building up their body of scholastic knowledge. It's not their job to um, make it all clear for us. So that's why I went right to the direct uh, research, and that's why I really want to get the word out on it.
0: I want to go back to a few questions about the trees, but I want to talk about your book because it's an opportune moment. You you kind of like providing a bridge from that sort of dense scholastic research that people would probably find it difficult to obtain or understand, and and what you're doing through your speaking and through your writing is providing that bridge from that research to get it into people's hands, like you said. And so if you could tell me about the book that you've written and how that fits everything together.
1: Oh, thank you for saying that, Sarah. Well, you know, I, and I really do admire these. Um, that's why I mentioned these scientists who are, keep such a low profile. I mean, they're not going after any profile. And they've done such beautiful work. The book is called Take Back Your Outside Mindset and that is because I was going to call it uh, Step Outside, and then and then the subtitle is uh, Live Longer, Prevent Dementia, and Control Chronic Illness. So that stayed the same because I wanted to talk to my demographic, people who are in my sort of age group and who may or may not have chronic disease. So and the reason why I said uh, take back your outside mindset is because you don't have to go outside to get the benefits of this. You could, if you're just simply aware of what this does to you and you notice um, if you put a screensaver of nature or, or uh, if you have a picture of nature around you um, and just looking at nature does, um, you know, amazing things that triggers your nervous system to go a certain way
0: wow okay and so so when so in terms of what people can get from the book it'll be a, well, a sort of a layman's understanding of what this stuff is and also your experience of it is that right or, or wrong
1: um that's exactly right what i d- what I've done is uh translated it I put down the design what what it was they did, what it was they saw in just plain simple language, and then I also go into other um other scientists who are also authors and uh then I give um words that you can say to yourself outside things that, you you know, that's a long practical chapter and then another chapter on how to notice things outside because we've almost forgotten those skills and, you know, what to notice. And then you can just have an associated workbook too and you can just tick off what you notice and then make little notes yourself. And that gets it into your brain even better. So it's part research and then part manual.
0: Brilliant. And I just love the fact that you have a long history and career in the medical establishment and you know you potentially could have been cynical and a lot of people you know may not be so receptive to these sorts of messages if you know they perceive them to be woo woo or out there or all that good stuff but this is all grounded in research you Mm said you know you have a background in it and you're very much driven by facts and uh, you know science as well as experiential findings that you've you've had yourself and i i think that makes it much more powerful
1: oh thank you yes absolutely you summed it up sarah <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, thank you <laughs>
0: you're welcome <laughs> thank you well i just i know that it's certainly from, from you know there's a lot of skeptical people out there that might be missing out on some of this stuff because of a preconceived notion about it. And the fact that you, you are, you know, coming from that background, I think makes it more palatable and that's great if it gets the message out there and people get the benefits of this. Now, Mm -hmm. so you said I could look at a screensaver and get some of the benefits. Do I get any additional benefits from touching trees when I'm outside or just being near them is enough?
1: Uh, sure. You, you can do any of those things. Um, the The thing about trees is that they can't run away so that they're, they're stuck right there. So they develop these defense systems and they give off these aerosols okay. that are full of anti-inflammatories, antivirals, antibiotics, um, antiseptics. And that's to protect themselves. But if you're in their range... Um, then, then you just breathe. You're, that's what you're breathing in. Okay. So that's great. It's also good to to touch them. That's good. That's good too. Um, like you know, what I do is uh, sort of squeeze the, the spruce needles between my fingers, and then I just sniff it a bit. And, oh, it's amazing! You can do all kinds of things. You don't have to touch them. You don't have to hug a tree. <laughs>
0: If you want to, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and how long do we have? To, I mean, what are your top tips? How long do we have to spend outside? Um, I know you just said we don't actually need to go outside to get some of the benefits. But what are your top tips for for um, people who aren't perhaps getting outside for one reason or another to start enjoying these benefits?
1: All right. So, um, like the the Finnish uh, researchers say that uh, you need to have five hours a month outside. That's uh, 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes a day. And you can work up to that. You can do um, one to three minutes outside a day, and that would be a great place to start and to get all the effects of resetting your brain, powering up and building up resistance and uh, making yourself feel wonderful for your long, long life.
0: That sounds brilliant. So get outside, touch the trees if you want. If you can't get outside, have a, if you're stuck in your cubicle at work, get a lovely yes. screensaver, maybe put a plant <laughs> on your desk as well. That yes, can't yes. Work, can it?
1: No, 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 that's really good. You, you've
0: convinced me, I'm, go, I'm going out to buy a plant after we've finished <laughs> it. <this today. laughs> now, you, you've just started, you know, as as you want to get the message out there, it's a powerful message. You are living proof that this stuff works you've just started speaking about it and doing webinars have you always been a confident speaker or has that been a challenge for you um I I did a
1: lot of speaking when I was in these uh management roles because I really knew my content and I would get up and uh, be pretty sure of myself um but this uh this was a very different thing and um when I became a patient and not the expert I really couldn't find my voice. And uh, that's when I uh, hopped onto your course really at the last minute because I thought I've been writing this and it's been really hard to write it. Like it was scary to go after it cause, and then to write it and then to put it out. And now to talk about it, it was, uh, for me, being in that conventional system for so long, I just, um, I needed a new set of skills.
0: Cool. And so what... What have you found that's different, but in terms of speaking in the corporate world and and sharing this message what you know you said you need different skills? what sort of skills mm. have you found that you've been tapping into that perhaps you haven't utilized before
1: well i to be honest there I saw your I saw your background and you know i and I thought, okay, like here's somebody who's like a comedian, a scriptwriter scriptwriter. A storyteller, marketer, and a savvy business person, and I thought that's that's what I want because it, it's when you're a patient, it's that big. Your world is that big. You're not just like the expert doing a one-way uh, talk, and so um, that's what that's what changed for me. And then you provided that very very clear structure because I, I needed the content, I needed the structure, I needed the tools. That's what's different. You
0: did an amazing job at the start of this. You had me with you in the snow globe. And so <laughs> whatever you've been doing is, is working. It was really good. But you have had some big talks lately, haven't you? And tell me about the launch. How did that go? How did you prepare for it? And, and what, what was the result?
1: So the first thing I did was a webinar for a guest um, for another company. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I haven't even gone back and listened to it. I'm too scared. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how that went. I was just pouring out my heart and soul. That's what they told me it sounded like. And people were very, uh, you know, I got a lot of connections from that. So, uh, oh, uh, uh, but, uh, and then the second time, then the next one I went out was uh, for about two or three hundred people. And I, I would say it was pretty well a disaster. I, uh, I, I couldn't get my voice out. I couldn't project it. I had all my content there. Mm-hmm. And um, I was stepping back from the mic more and more. And I could see the people leaning in because they were engaged. And then I heard the air conditioning going off. They flipped that off so they could hear me. I knew that. And then I could hear them closing the doors. And I knew they were still trying to hear me, but I still couldn't project my voice. So I got off, and I thought, "Oh my gosh i've just blown this and then and then some um, person participant came marching up to me afterwards and said, "I am so angry at you. I wanted to hear what you had to say, and i couldn't hear a word you said and I am angry uh, you don't have to you know don't be afraid of your message it's yours. you could be saving somebody's life." <laughs> So that really took me up short, and I thought, you know, yeah, you're right. And uh, I appreciated her coming to me and saying that, and it turns out she had a hearing disability, but that doesn't matter. I mean, I I should have uh, done that.
0: But you got off um, on the horse, didn't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I knew I was gonna be performing in my hometown at the library and so I better get my act together. So I practiced and practiced everything. I didn't I knew I had a strong structure. I knew I was strong on the content. I, you know, I got coaching from you. And uh and then that the book launch went so well. It just everything flowed. I just it just felt magnificent. It was and it still does. I know it was I did a really good job I felt strong and confident and um that was just amazing yeah lots of good feedback
0: brilliant and and so don't want to labor this too much but you I think that it was very interesting what you said about the webinar and I think this is a key message from me you'll probably know as a student of mine that you you've got to trust that the message will come and the right message will come and I think when you let go of you know I think the difference may be was that you you were so self-conscious I don't know this might be wrong or when you had disaster and you just let go is that is that fair to say or not
1: yeah I I I think so and and you know I think like so much what I loved about your course is you started out with mindset and I think so much is mindset because I just had a meeting with those you know the same people that I blew that conference with I had a meeting with them and they're having a bigger conference with the triple the people and they and I said you know I'd like to talk I'm I'm better now <laughs> and they they said okay like we'll book you in like you know
0: Fantastic.
1: so it's yeah I think it's you just got to say you know I'm working on it I'm get, I'm getting better I I'm working on this with I'm taking a course
0: uh, you know I'm getting help <laughs> <laughs> and, and it doesn't hurt as well that you have got a best-selling book. I mean, the book is, is doing very well, isn't it?
1: It is doing very well in Canada. But, but I've got to get going on the UK and the US markets and Australia. But it is it is, it is uh, doing very, very well. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, hopefully people, you know, people listen to this uh, from all over the world. Um, Go and grab a copy of Verla's book. I will put a link in the show notes to it as well. And just while we're here, what's the title again, Verla, just so people can get that? It's
1: Take Back Your Outside Mindset.
0: And it is on Amazon, isn't
1: it? It is. Yeah.
0: Good. Okay, cool. Now, we're almost up. But I want to ask you some standard questions. No one gets away with without answering them. Um, what's the best thing that speaking has done for you so far?
1: Oh, well, it's allowed me to think it's okay to tell a story, a personal story, and that you there's certain ways that you can tell a story that don't that doesn't make you completely vulnerable. You know, you can, uh, you can craft it, you can shape your story. With the right, um, oh, with the right guidance, the right coach.
0: Cool, good. And I think we heard about your worst gig. Was it that one?
1: Yes, that was the worst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where they had to turn the air conditioning off just oh bless i oh. think the woman who came up to you was an absolute star so um
1: i think so too you should probably yeah.
0: send her a free copy of your book
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good idea we're we're in touch and then she introduced me to all her other people and yeah oh. i think yeah i think sometimes when you mess up it's not a bad thing
0: no no absolutely there's uh, there's no failure there is only feedback and as long as we learn and grow uh, we're mm-hmm. better for it. Um, okay, what's the one book, apart from your own, that you've read <laughs> that's had the most impact on your life and why? Oh,
1: I, definitely Diana Beresford-Kroger. I don't know if you know her, but yeah. uh, she's in her 70s. And she is the one that I first read about that um, talked about these tree aerosols. So she's a botanist, chemist, but also a big advocate for trees. She doesn't talk about the health benefits so much as she wants you to plant, everybody plant a tree. And she's, she's really, uh, but she's amazing. Yeah, Diana Beresford Kroger, look her up. Um, she's written uh, 40 Ways That Trees Can Save You. And, uh, the you know, she writes about the forest and oh. she's not that well-known, but she's brilliant.
0: And what what nationality is she?
1: Well, she, she's living in Canada now, but she grew up in the Celtic tradition, and she got a lot of this um, stuff passed down from her. So she really believes in the sacred and the science going together, Lovely. but she's also a scientist.
0: I love that, the sacred and the science together. I love that. That's mm-hmm. a really nice sound. And what's the best bit of business advice you've ever had and why? I
1: think just uh, don't look at it like a business. <laughs> just uh, just go go. you know just be yourself and uh, do what you want to do be on a mission and uh, see what happens
0: I like that I like that and if you could have one mentor alive or dead fictional or non-fictional who would you choose and why
1: well you're going to laugh at this but uh, there's two people that's you and Joanna Penn <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh thank you <laughs> because <laughs> I feel I feel like the other lady <laughs>
1: <laughs> But let me tell you why. Like Joanna Penn, when I she was so she writes how, she does a podcast on how to write nonfiction. And when I was the most lonely and most isolated, she I was listening to her podcast and she's the reason why I started to write because she I was she made it so easy. And she talked about mindset and all that. And uh, then, and now you, you also talk about mindset, and you have helped me get the, the message out. And I think that you're both like new generation thinkers that, uh, that are drawing on all kinds of disciplines uh, to really help us go forward. And so well, it's that combination of, of help.
0: Brilliant. And what's the, the other lady's name? Joe, Joanna?
1: Joanna Penn. Penn yeah creative pen podcast is her cool. podcast she's in London
0: on the show then I'll certainly put a link to Joanna's podcast in the show notes as well yes but yes. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of speakers that might be interested in being authors so she may well have something interesting to say uh, for the speaking club as well so thank you for that oh, I'm very chuffed I'm very I'm honored <laughs> <for you>. <laughs> <laughs> well Verla thank you so so much for sharing your journey on the podcast it's you know you are still on that speaking journey and I know that you are going to impact people's lives and as you spread that message that nature is good for you and um, good luck with it
1: thank you thank you so much Sarah
0: thank you you're welcome thank you I've learned loads about this from Verla and I'm genuinely going to put more greenery in my home and take more walks outside please go and buy the book Take back your outside mindset if her message resonated with you. And check out Verla's website and blog at treesmendus.com. Links to both are in the show notes for you. As ever, thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to learn how to create and deliver a powerful talk and message, grab your space on the Storyled Speaking program before it closes tomorrow. Uh, Just head over to storyledspeaking.com. Finally, don't forget to leave a rating or review if you enjoy the show and subscribe if you want more. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Make sure you go out into nature and get those benefits from the trees and the shrubs and the grass. And also, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Speaking Club podcast at www.saraharcher.co.uk.